events we organize webinars that we are pleased to share on our podcast channel and on our website www.arent.com. Our tax partners recorded a series of webinars to address recent highlights and important developments in the areas of corporate tax and VAT. We invite you to listen to our five webinars entitled Budget 2021 What to Remember, Case Law Main Trends, Outlook 2021 for Corporations, EU and International Trends, Transfer Pricing Challenges for 2021, and VAT Update for Private Equity. Hello and Happy New Year to everyone. Um, we would like and would have hoped to see you all at our annual live webinar in our premises, but due to the present COVID situation, we instead welcome you and in the name of the entire Aaron Tech Group to our first ever text webinar series. In the upcoming five days, we will provide you in five short sessions with an update on the latest legal and tax particular developments in Luxembourg on the, how those have, will impact your business and what that will actually mean for your business in the next year. So today we will start with the first webinar series on the most recent end-of-year tax changes and the presentation will be held by myself, Jan Neugebauer, tax partner at Arendt, and Elise Nakash, senior associate in our tax and private wealth law practice. And we hope in 20 minutes we'll give you an overall wrap-up of the tax changes which happened through the Budget Law 2021 um, and some following changes which occurred later on as well. So please note that we will likely have a short Q&A session at the very end. So if you have any questions, you can enter them at the bottom right on the Q&A section as well, and we will try to answer them at the very end of the session as well. So I will pass. So I will give you a first overview of the main tax measures which were introduced to the 2021 um, budget law, which entered into force end of the year. Um, and we can probably talk about three different key features of that law. Um, there was some hope that there would be an overall um, tax measure in particular to the taxation of private individuals that has not happened due to the COVID situation and the budgetary restraints. But as you have probably read in the press as well, it still is on the agenda likely for the end of this year. So something to look out for. But um, there were some measures which were already implemented into the, into the budget 2021, which will to some extent affect um, how, how certain things are handled in Luxembourg today. So it basically turns around three main subjects. So the first one is the, around attracting and retaining talents, and Elise will talk to those aspects in more detail. Then there is um, a second big subject, which is real estate, and in particular the introduction of certain anti-abuse rules in relation to the holding of Luxembourg-based real estate. And really here the focus is for investment funds on Luxembourg-situated real estate and um, nothing else in that regard. Um, on the SPF, Elise will, will be a bit more precise in that one as well. There are certain other real estate um, related measures which have been introduced. So 
Um, we're not going to talk about it um, in detail given the limited amount of time, um, but there are certain COVID-related um, measures with regard to tax deductions, um, certain increased depreciation rates which were introduced in that regard, and certain, again, anti-abuse measures which I think are intended primarily to um, go away from share deals and move more to asset deals in the context of um, Luxembourg-based situated real estate, and therefore certain restructuring measures have now a higher um, real estate transfer tracks, um, which is being triggered. And then on the agenda, very high of the Luxembourg government is the subject of sustainability in that regard. So they introduced a subscription tax for sustainable investments, um, which will go down for those investments as well as those who have been to the um, gas station will notice it as well. In Luxembourg, there is an increase of CO2 tax as well as of 1st of January 2021. Um, and then, as always, in the budget law, there were all kinds of different um, measures which were introduced in relation to sort of certain aspects which, um, which became necessary. I will just mention the tax consolidation regime um, following ECG case law, and we're not going to details because it's very technical, and one has to see whether really that one stays as it is, but um, it provides sort of transition measures if you want to change from horizontal to, um, to from vertical to horizontal tax consolidation in Luxembourg. Um, I just want to mention one point which is not really linked to the, um, to the budget law in itself, um, but you, you, you have probably seen it and have seen that one in addition and the promotions by the Luxembourg government and have seen the activities in that regard as well. Um, it's, it's in relation to space activities in Luxembourg. So those of you who are actually in the space sector, they um, extended basically the scope of the investment tax credit to space objects which are used for the exploitation of space as well. That's not part of the budget, but on a, in a different law, but which entered into, first, um, into force as well on 1st of January 2021. So there is a tax credit now available for those activities as well. So I pass the parole now to Elise, and she will talk about a bit the attracting and retaining of talent for this. Thank you, Jan. Happy New Year, everyone. So we will uh, start with new measures for individuals, which are mainly the introduction of a new uh, participating bonus available to employees, and also the incorporation into law of the uh, impatriate regime. But maybe before uh, going into detail on, on these measures, and as uh, already mentioned by Jan, I think it is worth noting that there are no new uh, personal taxes, nor any uh, major reform of the personal tax regime for 2021, and the personal tax uh, rate remains uh, unchanged. In fact, the government didn't want to uh, reduce the purchasing power by increasing personal taxes within the context of COVID-19. So, regarding the participating bonus, it is uh, available annually uh, to employees and at the employer's discretion. It will qualify as an employment income and uh, be based on the employer's uh, financial results, and therefore, it is really an incentive for employees to perform well within the company. And uh, it would be exempted at 50% from the employee's personal income tax, 
and we represent a maximum amount of 25% of the employees' uh, gross ordinary annual compensation, excluding uh, cash and in-kind uh, in -kind benefits, uh, premiums and bonuses, etc. And it is subject uh, to uh, some conditions. Uh, for the employee, uh, it should be uh, affiliated to a Luxembourg or uh, equivalent foreign so social security system. Uh, for the employer, he should realize a positive commercial income, agricultural or, and forestry income, or income from independent activities. He should uh, also uh, maintain regular bookkeeping the year before and the year for which the bonuses are granted. And uh, the bonus should not exceed 5% of the employer's profit for the year preceding that for which bonuses are granted. And finally, a list of beneficiaries should be provided to uh, the tax authorities. So it is, uh, it is, uh, this bonus is already applicable this year and therefore it is, uh, important to note that an employer could consider setting up as early as today, uh, this, uh, this scheme based on the closing of its accounts for the 2020 uh, calendar year and to the, of course, to the extent the conditions are met. And uh, it replaces the uh, stock option regime, which uh, has been abolished with effect uh, from 1st January 2021. And therefore, it is no longer possible to apply a lump sum valuation uh, method to calculate the taxable benefit of the grant of stock uh, options. So now for the for this regime, the, the impatriate regime, so the aim of the of this regime is really to attract foreign skilled workers to Luxembourg by providing uh, significant tax savings for the impatriates, but also for the employers. And uh, so this re regime was initially put in place in 2011 and uh, has been amended in 2013 and 2014 uh, in a more favorable way. Uh, but it was always uh, provided for in circular letters, and now it is incorporated into law. So this regime offers up to 50% tax exemption of impatriation uh, bonus with a maximum amount of 30% of the gross annual remuneration of the impatriate and uh, up to a limit of 50,000 euros individually or 80,000 euros for a couple. And it concerns all costs of moving to Luxembourg uh, as well bond by, by the employer as well as repetitive charges like school fees, uh, relocation, um, tax equalization, uh, home lift trips, and this, uh, this regime is available for up to eight years following uh, the year of arrival and provided the, con the conditions continue, of course, to be, to be met. And uh, regarding the conditions, the employee should be a Luxembourg tax resident within the meaning of the, of the domestic tax law. 
He should never have been resident in Luxembourg nor lived at a distance less than 150 kilometers from the border and never had been subject to personal income taxes on professional income in Luxembourg during the five preceding years. He should, uh, the employee should have a fixed annual remuneration of at least 100,000 euros before it was 50,000 uh, euros. And in case uh, it is um, an uh, intra-group assignment, he should have at least five years of seniority in the international uh, sector concern. And uh, if the entity, the employer, had been in existence for at least 10 years, the maximum uh, percentage of employees benefiting from this regime cannot exceed 30% of the total number of employees. So this regime is also applicable as from 1st January 2021. And uh, employees who uh, benefited from the old circular uh, and uh, whose Luxembourg employment began between 2016 and 2020 uh, will still be able to apply the old circular but subject to, um, to certain uh, conditions. Okay. So maybe before going into detail on the slide, um, I would like to, to let you know that in order to limit the speculation in the Luxembourg real estate uh, market, uh, the depreciation rate has uh, for new buildings which are rented out is 4% instead of 6% before. And we see that more generally, uh, the the aim of the government, the government is really to uh, limit any kind of speculation in the Luxembourg real estate market, and we will see also uh, with the introduction of the 20% real estate levy. And uh, on a separate matter, because of the COVID-19, um, the legal filing debt regarding the personal income tax returns for 2020 is extended to June 2021 instead of March 2021, and for the year 2019, there is an extension until uh, March 2021. And there would be uh, no penalties for corporate and corporate income tax and municipal business tax of the year uh, 2019 in case of uh, late filing, but if the filing is uh, done by March 2021. So now regarding the new restriction on uh, the activities of the family wealth management companies, the SPF, uh, in the parliamentary works on SPF, it, were, it is expressly indicated that an SPF cannot hold directly uh, real estate. And in order to be consistent uh, with the new real estate uh, levy regime, uh, that uh, Jan will develop later, the law clarifies, and I insist on clarifying, that as of 1st uh, July 2021, the SPF could no longer 
be able to hold uh, real estate through, uh, through partnerships or other tax transparent entities. However, the SPF could, uh, are still allowed uh, to uh, invest in real estate through tax opaque uh, companies. And finally, uh, subscription tax returns uh, prepared for SPF must now be filed electronically. So I think Jan uh, will now continue by presenting the new uh, real estate uh, levy regime I just uh, mentioned. Presentation. Um, thank you, Elise, for the presentation um, on, on the various measures affecting um, private individuals. And we will have to see how that actually plays out in practice, all of those measures going forward. But I think the measure, in addition to the abolishment of the stock options circular, which attracted the most attention and probably as well the most um, irritation in the market, was the introduction of the 20% real estate level. Why it did attract some irritation in the market is because there were some misunderstandings initially how it is supposed to work. So first of all, it is a clear anti-abuse measure with relation or in relation to the holding of Luxembourg-situated real estate and only that related to that activity. So um, all funds which who and who do not hold any Luxembourg-situated real estate, they are generally not a somehow affected by that rule, it only is in relation to Luxembourg-situated real estate. So what is actually caught by that rule? By that call, rule is caught all income from real estate assets located in Luxembourg, whether it's gross rental income or capital gains realized on those assets. And it must be held that real estate either directly or indirectly through by a Luxembourg-based fund. And what are those funds which are being caught by that rule? It's basically the SIF, it's the RAVE, or the UCA's Part 2, to the extent they hold the real estate in Luxembourg. It is applicable as of 1st of January 2021, and it applies only basically to corporate fund vehicles set up under ESA also the regime. So all fund vehicles which are set up as either transparent, either the CLP's common limited partnership or the SDS, or as a special limited partnership as the SDSP, um, as well as the FCP, they are not caught by that rule. Um, so it's only corporate funds which basically hold the real estate asset, and that real estate asset can be either held directly by those funds then they are caught by the 20% Levi or through an FCP or um, a partnership in themselves. So what is that rule really trying to target? It really is the fact that if you have a fund which is basically tax-exempt in Luxembourg um, and it re realizes either through a transparent FCP or partnership or through directly holding that real estate, realizes real estate income, the rule basically is there to impose a 20% withholding um, or real estate levy on that um, real estate income, whether it's a capital gain or whether it's cross rental income. 
And you see already the notion of cross that was a bit debate whether that would be changed within the procedure once the budget was implemented, but it remains basically the cross rental income, which is subject to the 20% um, real estate levied in Luxembourg. So whether you sell basically the underlying income, you say um, the, the, the underlying asset, whether you sell the FCP partnership as well, all of those gains which are realized on the transfer of those um, shares or the transfer of the real estate asset are taxable at that 20% real estate levy in addition as well. Um, to the extent your the fund does not have any Luxembourg-based real estate, that rule does not, of course, apply. Um, to the extent, as you see it in the middle, for example, it holds Luxembourg-situated real estate in addition to, for example, German, French, or whatever other real estate assets, it will be on a prorata basis if the FCP shares are sold, or it will be applied at the level of the um, asset, um, if you have an asset deal um, in relation to that, that sale of the relevant asset as well, to the extent it's a Luxembourg situated real estate, which is sold through an asset deal in that regard. So it clearly is an anti-abuse rule, which is there basically to avoid the non-taxation of um, any income realized from those assets um, from, from Luxembourg perspective. Um, just why I said the rule does generally only affect um, only Luxembourg-based real estate, there is one compliance aspect which, ex which extends to all funds. Um, because they will have a reporting obligation um, until 31st of May 2022, where they will have to inform basically the Luxembourg Tax Administration on whether they hold any Luxembourg-based real estate, either directly or indirectly, in that regard. So that's an important measure for the Tax Administration to even know what actually is the impact of that rule going forward, because they just don't have that information at the moment. Um, so. That is basically how the rule applies, just two cases to explain a bit where those rules do not apply. Um, of course, um, if you hold Luxembourg-based real estate, so what are typical structures where that rule does not apply with regard to Luxembourg-based real estate? One structure is if the Luxembourg real estate is held through a corporate vehicle in Luxembourg. So if you have a Luxco, which is fully subject to tax, a SAL, an SA, an STA, which holds the real estate asset, that rule is not caught by the 20% um, real estate levy as any income is already, and as well capital gain is theoretically taxed at the level of the Luxco going forward already, so there is no need to apply that 20% real estate levy. Um, also, the other case we frequently see is the holding of Luxembourg-based real estate through a non-Luxembourg fund or, or partnership kind of vehicle. Um, that structure is also not caught by the rule. It only applies to the three fund vehicles, which were mentioned before, so the race is part two and um, the SIF regime, if they are corporate vehicles. So the, the impact of that rule is quite limited. It is really linked only to Luxembourg-based real estate. Um, but of course, one, one needs to think about if you have structured it already in a way that you hold the Luxembourg real estate through Luxembourg-based fund, um, whether there are any ways to get out of that rule, um, given the 20% levy is based on gross proceeds, there may be other structures which are, are more efficient going forward than, than holding of real estate through Luxembourg-based fund in Luxembourg, basically. Um, I will just add one point, given funds um, are so substantial in Luxembourg and um, 
uh, ESG is so high on the agenda as well on the regulatory side, on the tax side. The tax administration tried to address that point as well with regard to sustainability. So to the extent that Luxembourg funds um, part one and part two funds basically um, invest in sustainable assets, basically there is an decreased rate of annual subscription tax in relation to those assets being held by the Luxembourg Fund. It is applicable as of 1st of January 2021, so it's the first step basically to have a ESG compliant tax regime perhaps as well going forward in Luxembourg. So um, uh, interesting to see and you need to do the calculation of course and you need to have the um, reserves involved as well to get the relevant certification if you have a fund um, uh, having already those compliant assets in your relevant fund. It can be done at the level of the compartment or at the fund level. Um, as you have seen as well, likely there is already a circular out there from the Luxembourg Tax Administration in relation to those measures. Um, and um, it explains a bit how it works as a circular 804 um, from the um, indirect tax administration, which deals with more specifics how that rule will apply. Um, in specific, um, given that there is no yet a form out there which deals with that reduced subscription tax, um, you will, for the existing filing for the Q1 um, 2021, for example, if the form is not yet out there, you can um, submit your tax return on the basis of the 0.05% um, return and, and, and NAV, and then submit at the same time basically your certificate from your reserve that um, you have that eligible investment in the fund through email and to the tax administration, and then they will apply the reduced rate as well based on your percentages in the fund. So that was a bit the roundup of the Luxembourg tax measures 2021, end of 2021. Um, there were a couple of questions out there, and perhaps we'll take two. I will take one, and all the other questions um, we'll reply to, um, to by email to the relevant persons who have asked questions. Um, for example, there was one question, I'll start with the red question. Um, why did that change come with regard to the contribution of real estate assets to companies? Why did they increase the red rate on that one? Um, it, it's relatively clear, I think, in, if you do an asset deal, you have, um, depending on the locality of the real estate assets, but you can go around 10% real estate transfer tax if you do the asset deal, whereas in the past, if you did the share deal very simply, you had a 1.1% real estate transfer tax on the transfer of the shares. So that was already quite favorable, and through that introduction of the contribution of real estate assets, um, um, they, tried to, they basically tried to avoid a bit that the relevant um, entity is, is so low tax with regard to real estate transfer tax. So um, what else can we say? There was another question, for example, um, with regard to Social Security and the participate um, I think the impatriate regime, yeah. Furthermore, is the impatriate regime available for employees under the Luxembourg employment contract, but whose social security scheme is with another EU jurisdiction? I would generally say I'm not a social security specialist in that regard, but I would generally say that would be applicable in that regard because basically the social security scheme is based on EU regulation to some extent as well, and therefore there is no direct link between the social security regime as well as the impatriate um, regime for, from our perspective. 
Um, so that should be applicable in that regard as well from, from our side, so irrespective of where the Social Security regime is actually being paid in that regard. Um, I don't think we have anything else in that regard. I hope we will see you tomorrow um, at our next session on the case law and the most recent developments in case law in Luxembourg. So thank you from Elise and myself with regard to your participation, and we'll send a round of course, these slides after the seminar, and we wish all of you a good week. Thank you, and bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this webinar. We hope you found it interesting. Should you need more information on our tax expertise, we invite you to visit our website www.arent.com. Besides, you can download our new app Arent Insight to keep Arent's expertise right at your fingertips around the clock.